previously on the Smoking Hot Podcast. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, we're, uh, gods. Yes, gods. Gods? Yeah, I am Apollo, and he is just B.A. And what are your godly gifts? Earthquake? Fire from the sky? Music? Uh, yes, music. Just in my self-righteous suicide. You have truly blessed us with your gifts. We must fully celebrate your presence among us. We shall have a grand ball. And now, release the lions and bring out our beloved mad god. Ah, the French champagne. It's Orson Welles! Live from wherever you are and whenever you're listening to this, it's the Smokin' Hot Toddcast with your host, Hot Toddy, starring Miranda, Ollie, Miss Pingrino, DJ Pork, Sheila, DA Williams, and Orson Wells. And featuring me, your announcer, Doc Summit. And now, here's your host, Hot Toddy. Hey, hey, ho! Toddcasters, and welcome to an all-new episode of the Smokin' Hot Toddcast. I'm Hot Toddy. We've got an interesting episode for you this week. You may be wondering, why is this show called Two-Face Much? Well, it's because this summer has been quite revealing when it comes to certain celebrities in terms of just who they really are. We found out some dark secrets about some of our favorite celebrities this summer, and I'm going to talk all about them and give you my thoughts on them, and that's why this episode is called Two-Face Much. Because, you know, the reality is, is that we, you know, we we can love celebrities. We can look up to them, even. But it, it really shouldn't go any further than that. Because any further than that, it's hero worship, and we kind of, like, depend on them for for our own sanity, thinking that they they represent who we are. And that's not a good way to look at celebrities because they're not like us. They they have gone to a different level, and because of that, they're different people. And so sometimes it's very hard to separate that, and people will tend to think, well, this this person, this is who I am. Unfortunately, like, kinda like that's kind of like how it is with, with Donald Trump. I don't want to get into a political thing. This episode, we, these first few episodes of the season, are, are I'm desperately trying not to get political, but I mean, you know, that's how a lot of people look at Donald Trump is they look at him as the everyman. They look at him as the dude that's on their side. And it's just not true. It's the same for Joe Biden. These people are different than us, and they're always going to be different than us, even if they pretend like they are. So that's why it's not that shocking that celebrities would be two-faced, even the ones that I'm getting ready to talk about. Because, you know, the celebrities whose personalities got exposed this summer, it was a shock. But it really shouldn't have been that much of a shock. But regardless, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to try to figure out just what happened with these celebrities and, and what's to come. And of course, Ollie and DA are still in ancient Rome. They found Orson Welles. He's the mad god in ancient Rome. He's the guy that goes around fighting lions and, and kicking ass. And everybody's just going nuts for him. So it makes it that much harder for the guys to get him and get out of there. But that's exactly what they got to do. So hopefully... 
hopefully this week we can get the boys out of ancient Rome and bring them back into our time. So we've got a lot to get to. Let's not waste any more time. Here's an all new episode of the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Hi, I'm Kelsey Ann Brady from Mystery Science Theater 3000, and you're listening to Hot Toddy on the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Well, we're going to begin with the celebrity two-facery that hurt the most out of all of these, Lizzo. The Lizzo controversy, I think, blew all of us away. Again, like I said in the monologue, I mean, we shouldn't be so surprised that celebrities have a two-faced side to them. Obviously, everyone, not even not even celebrities, but everyone are is different behind closed doors. So it shouldn't be as shocking as it is that there's a dark side to Lizzo, because I'm sure there's a dark side to, to every celebrity. I, I mean, our beloved Dolly Parton, because I live in East Tennessee, I'm sure our beloved Dolly Parton is as wonderful as she is and as many wonderful things as she does. I'm sure she has a dark side that we don't see. So why was this so shocking? Why Lizzo being such a two-faced person, why was it so shocking? And it's just because she just seemed like a genuinely nice person, you know, and, but you could arguably say that about all of these celebrities, that they were just genuinely nice people, and you never would have thought in a million years that they would have had this side to them. But I mean... You think about it, it makes total sense. But the what the things that Lizzo did, that was what was most shocking. The fact that she body shamed people. Now, I should note that I think Lizzo is gorgeous. I think she's always been gorgeous. Uh, she has been all about body positivity, and that's something that I very much support. You know, I don't think anybody should be made to feel bad about themselves because of the way they look. Uh, in fact, you know, when Lizzo got popular, I was working in radio still, and uh, I remember my boss make constantly making fun of her weight, and he would do it around, you know, people that were my my age or younger and like none of us laughed when he would do it because that's what he was going for was he was trying to get a rise out of people and and make people laugh but it wasn't funny because Lizzo was a genuinely good person and she promoted body positivity so when it when you found out that she was body shaming people I mean, it, it literally, I mean, again, no disrespect to anybody who's overweight, but it literally was like the, the pot calling the kettle black. I mean, it really was. Lizzo is the last person to be body shaming people, despite the fact that, again, I think she looks fantastic and I, and I am very much body positive. You know, it doesn't mean that you get to just turn it around on people and body shame them for whatever reason. So there was that. But then there's also the fact that, you know, celebrities think that they have more control. Well, anybody that has money. Anybody that has a lot of money believe they have more control and can do whatever they want than regular people. So that's why she thought she could get away with sexual harassment and, and assault. I mean, obviously. But then it gets even worse. Like, I, you know, I was, I'm reading up on the whole thing and it's expanded more than what I just knew. It was sexual, religious, racial harassment, disability discrimination, assault, false imprisonment and creating a hostile work environment. You'd think that would be at the top of the list, a hostile work environment. Obviously, it was a hostile work environment if all of these things were going on during all of that. But yeah, even the guy that did her uh, documentary released a statement supporting the dancers that sued her, uh, saying that in the 2019 documentary, they witnessed how arrogant, self-centered, and unkind she really was. But again, that, that begs the question, why didn't we learn more about this 
earlier because Lizzo became popular during this period of holding people accountable for their bad behavior. So did she just hide it that well? Or did she have people that made so many excuses for her that she was managed to get away with it for four years? You know, that's the question. I just, I, that's the stuff I don't get, but like, my God, like the list of things that go on here. And a lot of people say, well, you know, innocent until proven guilty. You know, she may not necessarily have done all these things. It could be just a, a money grab. And while that's always a possibility, again, I say, why now? And and why was it so specific? I mean, you can pull anything out of the air. I could pull something about Teebs the Cat. I could say she religiously discriminated me. I could say she racially harassed me. I could say she falsely imprisoned me, which honestly, actually, that's a real thing. She really has falsely imprisoned me before. She's cornered me, being a little monster that she could be sometimes. That's a different story. But my point is, you know, these are very specific allegations. And I don't think we would just pull them out of the air and then just throw them onto somebody unless there was some truth behind it. Again, if it was just Joe Blow on the street, while I'd probably still believe you know, the, the, the victims more, because why would you make that up? You would have to also understand who we're dealing with. If it was just Joe Blow on the street, I, maybe I wouldn't believe that so much, but it's somebody with a lot of money and a lot of power and believes she has a lot of power over an entire group of people. So she probably thought she could get away with sexually harassing them. She might just thought that it was just part of the fun, you know, and, 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 you know, of course, this this is assault. When you when you sexually assault somebody, that is assault. So I mean, she might have just thought it was you know just for fun, but then you get into disability discrimination. You get into racial harassment. You get into pushing your religious beliefs onto people, and and of course you know you you talk about the body shaming stuff, and that just seems like something that someone like Lizzo would do now again innocent until proven guilty these at this point these are all accusations uh some of the other things that we're going to talk about are not accusations there's documented proof of this happening but with lizzo's it's it it's the saddest but it is also the one that's still kind of up in the air because we don't have the proof just yet uh they're the you know the the legalities of the whole thing it's all pending still so we'll find out more in the in the future but for the time being um you know this is what we know and you know lizzo tried to do the whole apology thing she posted an apology and she did the very celebrity thing where she turned it around and blamed it on other people blamed it specifically on the victims taking real no accountability for anything she never said you know because the the way to go would be if, if you honestly believed you didn't do this the way to go would be to say you know, if I did anything to offend anybody, I am so sorry, and I will try to make things better in the future. I didn't realize I was doing this. Clearly, I was. I'm sorry. It's still not the best apology, because you're you're not exactly saying, I did these things, and I'm sorry that I did them, which is what we want from situations like this, but you never, ever get them. But at least that's a step in the right direction. But she did the whole thing of, I would never do this. And, uh, well, these people, they were behaving inappropriately anyway pointing out to the dancer saying they they were the ones doing all the bad stuff which usually when this happens that person is guilty that person is guilty for what they've done and they're trying to spin it so it doesn't look as bad usually that's how it works so i didn't like her apology most of her fans didn't like her apologies for a long time well not for a long time for for a period of time uh, all of her comments on her instagram were like shut down you couldn't comment then there was like limited comments 
Yeah. Uh, and because because when when it first came out, I went straight to her comments on Instagram. I think anybody would do that. I went straight to the comments and just everyone was just putting her on blast, just yelling at her for what she had done. And then she turned off comments for a bit. Then it came back with just certain comments. And of course, all those, you know, filtered comments. And then all those filtered comments were very positive about her. And I think they are still filtered because while there are still every so often ones that pop out saying you need to take accountability we need to hear a sorry from you most of them are still just very yay praise lizzo so again when that happens that usually means they're guilty it usually means they're trying to hide something or try to stop all the bad press so that they can continue on with their lives uh usually somebody who is innocent will just stop and say, I didn't do this, and I am sorry, let's move on. You know, getting into the nitty-gritty, but she's not doing that. So it really begs the question, what is the truth about Lizzo? Like I said, we'll probably know that in the future. But for now, probably the saddest two-faced moment of the summer of 2023 was finding out just what kind of person Lizzo is. You're listening to the Smokey Line Podcast. Well, like I said earlier, Ollie and DA have found Orson Welles. Now they gotta grab him and get out of there. Let's check in on him and see how things are going. Some say he's embodied with the power of Zeus himself. Why are you always hanging around here? You're my best friend. Hi, Dan. Well, go get me a drink, pal. Okay. Hey, hi, Toddy. I found out that Orson Welles is the mad god, and he's like the Spartan guy's big hero because he can kill lions and stuff. Like Big Whoop? Who can't? I'd be on a line like ugly on a baboon's ass, I'll tell you what. You got a paper cut the other day and cried for two hours straight. Oh, well... Well... Whatever. Now they're throwing a big party in his honor, and no one is paying enough attention to me, and I'm sorry, but that's a problem. Aw, how sweet. Wait, are you talking to your little god friend because no one else will talk to you? I mean what? He's here! The mad god has arrived! Oh, how exciting! Bring him in! Nothing is more important than the simple act of people getting together. We, we praise you and we, we hold you high. you high. Rosebud. Yes, Rosebud frozen peas. Full of country goodness and green penis. Rosebud! 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 Yay! I'm going to be very, very ill. Way ahead of you. Look, I know this is all super weird, guys, but that's not the point. Now that you found Mr. Wells, you need to get him and get out of there. Well, it ain't that easy, Hot Toddy. These people are obsessed with Mr. Wells. It's going to require some stealth on our part. And we won't be able to use it anytime soon, because they're about to unveil a freaking statue of the man. And in honor of our beloved Mad Cod, we unveil this 40-foot statue. It's always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle, and like the best French champagne, it's vintage dated. Paul Masson, 
Ah, the French. Yes, yes, round of applause of the nude mad god. Mrs. Pell's fish sticks. Yes, great idea. Let us all retire to the dining hall. Go down on you. Oh, you naughty boy. Oh, you. <laughs> oh, my good God. <laughs> well, there you have it. It's time, I think. Where is it? Where did I put the. Oh, there it is. There's the noose. Lovely. And I'll just... No! No, D.A., no! I'm using it! Give it here! Oh, no, you're not! Give me that! Wait, 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 come on! We gotta think clearly here. As tempting as it is, we must delay our suicides and recapture Orson Welles. His reckless time traveling could rip apart the universe itself! So? Oh, well, let's see. How to explain it to the likes of you, um... Oh, okay. Orson Welles ripples time itself. The Pepsi Company never comes into being. No more Mountain Dew. Orson Welles is messing with my favorite sody pop. That's right. Let's go. Go get him. Hot toddy. Hot Toddy. Hot Toddy. You're tuned into the Smokin' Hot Toddcast with your host, Hot Toddy, who's always looking real good. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? No, no, no. Your face does. While this one is shocking, it's not as shocking as Lizzo, uh, because I think maybe in the back of our minds, especially nowadays, maybe not so much when the story originally happened and when the movie came out about it. I think in our at our at that time we were still like, oh wow, what an inspirational story. But as time has gone on and we've seen the true colors of certain people. We've, I think we started to realize, even before this came about, that something was not right about this situation. And, of course, I'm talking about the Tui family, who, of course, adopted, and I'm air-quoting right now, adopted legendary football player Michael Orr. Uh, of course, that whole story came out in August of this year as well, and it just was... It was stunning. But again, it's like I said at the very beginning, these are rich people. And every, especially rich people, people with power, people with money, have those dark sides. No matter how sweet and innocent and just downright nice they seem in the spotlight behind closed doors, it's a different story. And this is one of those different stories. They exploited Michael Orr. They exploited this guy. Instead of adopting them, they create, they pulled a, a Britney Spears' dad move and put a conservatorship on him. And that grant, granted legal authority to make business deals in his name. They struck a deal that paid them and their two children millions of dollars in royalties from the Blindside movie, and Orr didn't get a dime. And there's a bunch of other business deals, apparently, that they were in the middle of and left Orr completely out of, but were doing it completely in his name. Uh, it's just... It's, it's disgusting, really. And apparently Michael Orr did not find out about this until February and, and kept it quiet very smartly from the public until, uh, you know, later this year. But he just found out in 2023 
they quote unquote adopted him in like 2004 and he just now found out about it almost 20 years later that they were just screwing him over pretending to be this amazing family that 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 you know took him in and took care of him and and encouraged him to follow his dreams you know only to be the old oh, humble golly shucks family behind the the star they in reality they were taking tons of money away and and making him treating him still like the guy that was on the streets and that is what's so sickening about the thing now there is something that has become a problem in recent history well i mean it's it's gone on for probably almost 200 years since the days of abraham lincoln it's something called white savior syndrome and it's where we look at white people that did wonderful things for black people we look at them a little too much more than the actual group of people they were helping you know what i mean we look at them as the lowly common people while these white saviors come out of nowhere and save them. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I am in no way uh, disrespecting, let's say, Abraham Lincoln, because Abraham Lincoln is a hero of mine. I think he was an amazing politician, amazing president. And, and yes, he ended slavery, which was an amazing thing. But we forget that there were also amazing people like Frederick Douglass during that time period. We forget people that created movements like Harriet Tubman and the Underground Railroad. These are the real heroes who really stuck out their necks, risked their lives to be civil rights activists. I mean, Martin Luther King gave his life. Malcolm X gave his life to be civil rights advocates. And yet we rarely talk about them when we talk more about Abraham Lincoln, where again, Abraham Lincoln, an amazing man, but you know, he's a white guy. We look at him as like the white savior. And so that's kind of the situation that we find ourselves in like right now. Oh, another good example is, you know, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X did amazing things in the sixties, but who signed the civil rights act? It was Lyndon Johnson. So a lot of people tend to give Lyndon Johnson more of the credit. And even though he did, he actually put it into law. Yes. But would he have put it into law without people like Martin Luther King, without Malcolm X, without these people that stood up again, gave their lives for civil rights. That was another good example. But that's the point I'm getting at is we, we look at the Tui family as these white saviors who saved a black life. When in reality, you know, Michael Orr, he was on the streets. He he was having a tough time. Who's to say he wouldn't have found his own way? But the, the saddest part about this is that when, when the story came out, and, you know, like the, like the news outlets were putting them on Facebook. You go into the Facebook comments, how many people would just immediately defend the Tui family? Just immediately. And they would go and they would go into, boy, that, that, that guy, he was just so ungrateful, wasn't he? This is what, this is what, this is how he acts to them. This is how he treats them for, for taking him in, giving him a home, giving him shelter, giving him food, all this nonsense. It's like, okay, if someone came up to you and says, I like you. Give me your wallet and all your money in it. Thanks for that. Goodbye. You'd be pissed off. Even though they were nice to you, they still took your money. You're still pissed off. If it happened to you, the same rules would apply here. You'd be pissed off too, and you'd want it, you'd want some retribution from it. And that's just exactly what's happening here, only it's more of a, you know, the rich people version of it, is that the Tui family screwed over Michael Orr. And 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 Michael Orr, I, well, a lot of people have been warning us for years. Again, this is one of those things that we just kind of ignored until we've gotten into this new era of where we're holding people accountable and really just starting to realize how bad people can be. And so, you know, we've been warned this whole time that eh, the Tui family, not on the level, not as on the level as we thought we, as, the, as we thought they were. And and we didn't realize it until now, until we got the proof. Proof is in the pudding, as they say. And I love pudding. So 
now that I have the pudding, I'm excited. And uh, so yeah, so now we get to finally put to rest just how just how these people are, and they were they they were not good. The Tui family are not good. Uh, Michael Orr deserves everything that he that is coming to him. And now again. A lot of people are like, well, he's not poor anymore. He's a millionaire. He's got his own family. But that's not the point. Again, same scenario. If someone took money from you, you'd want that money back. Would you not? No matter how nice that person was, no matter how close you were to that person, if they took money from you, would you not want that money back? That's what small claims court's about. You ever see Judge Judy? You ever see the People's Court? The court cases you see on those shows are just like this, where small sums of money, comparatively, are being taken away from somebody else, and then that person wants the money back. This is exactly what that is. Michael Orr was cheated out of millions of dollars from the Tui family because they were using his name for their own financial gain. They didn't give two shits about Michael. They didn't. I mean, they may have acted like they did, and yes, they may have t- actually taken care of him, but they were doing it for the wrong reasons. They weren't, they didn't actually care about him. They just cared about what his name and his brand could do for them. They were already rich. They were already powerful. And that's, I mean, I don't like to talk a lot about capitalism on here, but I'm not the biggest fan of it because that's what it does to people. The greedier you are, the obviously the more money you want. So that's what it turned into is they were just so greedy. They, they took this opportunity just to take even more than what they already had. And it's just sad. So yeah, I mean, that that's the Tui family in a nutshell. They were extremely two-faced. They, they changed and, and we saw it. We just saw it all of a sudden and they changed the way they were which were, you know, I mean, they were always rich, but being humbly rich people to just, you know, raking in millions because they were so greedy off of someone they thought that he thought genuinely cared about him. It's just sad. It's just sad. And so that's why the Tui family really showed just how two-faced they were. You're listening to the Smoking Hot Toddcast with your host, Todd, just Todd. Todd is helpful and Todd is there for you. Uh, well, it's actually hot toddy. Oh, well. Pardon me, Mr. Perfect! The Smokin' Hot Toddcast presents The Ollie Report, a segment dedicated to extremely professional and hard-hitting journalism. Reports on headlines straight off the news ticker through the eyes of Ollie. And now, The Ollie Report. Hello and welcome to an all-new Ollie Report. I'm Hot Toddy. Well, Ollie is still stuck in ancient Rome, where he goes by the name of Aalo, the god. But things have taken a dramatic turn. The guys just recently found Orison Wells, who is in fact in ancient Rome with him, but he is looked at as a mad god, a hero of sorts to the ancient Romans. They just recently unveiled a 40-foot statue of him and plan on having a full celebration with autograph signing here in just a little while. Well, naturally, we wanted to get Ollie on the case. Well, really, we wanted him to get in to talk to Orson Welles so maybe he can convince him to come back with him and DA back to our time. But regardless, he's going to get an interview with the mad god himself, Orson Welles. So without further ado, here is the one and only Ollie. Ollie, how are you? Very confused, Tatani. You can imagine how shocked we were when we got here to ancient Rome with no sign of Orson Welles, only to find out he's like the superhero of Roman times, Biscuit! Well, yes, I, I can see how that can be uh, very confusing for everyone, Ollie. Uh, tell me, ha- have you managed uh, to speak with Mr. Wells at all in the last few minutes? No, but he will be arriving 
tuned for interviews. I went with Speak of the Devil. Here he is! Ladies and gentlemen, I present Orison Welles, the Mad God himself. Hello, I'm Orson Welles. Yes, yes, we know, and hello to you, Mad God. Mr. Welles, it's me, Ollie. What? Ollie, Ollie, it's me, Ollie. Don't you know who I am? No, tell me. I usually prefer to, but tell me what's wrong. Uh, never mind. Uh, well, uh, Mr. Wells, congratulations on your massive win against the Lions in the Coliseum. Uh, 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 tell me, um, what's new with you? Station! Well, the financing just fell through for the third time on Don Quixote. Oh, well, that, that sounds awful, uh, Mad God. Uh, what do you think causes that? It's the damn money, men. You never know who's a windbag and who's got the goods. Many of you all think they're directors. Yes, yes, yes. It's sort of like getting stuck back in time in an era that you're not supposed to be in, only to forget who you are and where you came from to become something you're not, leaving his friends in the dust. Hashtag goods. Tell me about it. Tell me, Mr. Wells. Is it worth it? It is when it works. Um, Ollie, um, clearly uh, Mr. Wells does not know who you are, and he clearly does not know what's going on, per se. Uh, I think at this point, the best you can do is just try to have a general conversation with him. Maybe just by talking to him, it'll jog his memory of who you are. That's a great idea, Hot Toddy. Say, Mr. Wells, being that you are the Mad God, you're probably one of the most well-spoken Mad Gods that has ever existed in Roman times. Why don't you give our listeners a little speech? You're asking me, the renowned spokesman for Paul Masson Wine, to recreate my brilliant 1938 radio broadcast merely to deceive and impress this skinny reptile? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we don't have any compensation, but... I'll do it for free. Aye, Dan. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of the Jonas Brothers and their orchestra to bring you a special bulletin. I'm speaking to you from the Hickory Farms in Grover's Mall, New Jersey, through a mouthful of summer sausage. Mm. Where I hardly know where to begin. Uh, that'll do, Mr. Wells. Uh, thank you. Why? I just did it right. Uh, I, I know, Mad God, Mr. Wells, whatever you want to be called, but it was going nowhere. Jesus. Now, if you stay quiet, I'll give you a cheese log. Very well. I shall comply. There you go. So anyway, Hot Toddy. Earth is conquered. Uh... The destruction of civilization complete. Now, stay tuned for Little Orphan Annie. Wait! Ollie, Ollie, it's it's okay. Remember, Mr. Wells doesn't quite know what's going on here. I know! But he's driving me insane! None of this makes sense, Hotani! Even us being trapped in ancient Rome, does that even make sense for the podcast? Uh, why don't we tone that down a little bit? Whatever! The point is, I'm losing my mind here. Everything's so weird. Oh, mad god, come hither, please. We have some hieroglyphic opportunities for you. Uh, I see what they did there. Get it? Because they didn't have photos back there. So instead of photo opportunities, hieroglyphic opportunities. It's, that's humor. Uh, well, thanks for joining us, Mr. Wells. And uh, good luck with all of your endeavors in uh, ancient Rome. Yeah, yes, indeed. What he said. Well, that's my interview with the mad god himself of ancient Rome, Orson Wells. I'm sorry I've been so difficult. Now may I please have that cheese log? I am going to tug on my testicles. That's going to do it for the Ollie Report this week. Tune in next time for another headline ripped from the Ollie News Ticker. Until then, have a good day and an Ollieful week.
care. I'm Joey Dioria, and you're listening to Hot Toddy on the Smokin' Hot Podcast. Where is he? Over there. Mr. Wells. Mr. Wells. This is Rogers. No, you idiot. It's us. Dr. Detroit. Oh, look, I, I'm not used to having more than one person in there. One more word out of you and you go. Is that clear? Listen, you boosted moron! I take, well, I take directions from one person under protest. But from two, I don't sit still. But who the hell are you, anyway? Mr. Wells, it's me, Ollie! Hello, I'm Orson Wells. We're aware. And it's me, D.A. Williams, and you don't live in ancient Rome, and you ain't some mad god. What? And until three months ago, you were a cast member on the mega-hit City View Best of Knoxville Award-nominated podcast, The Smoking Hot Podcast. Boy, you can tell Hot Toddy wrote this. Indubitably. Anyway, do you remember, Mr. Wells? Come on, fellas, you're losing your heads. I wouldn't direct any living actor like this in Shakespeare. Well, you do this, it's impossible to... Esteemed mad god, did I hear you yelling? Was someone bothering you? Yes. Well, I'm so sorry about that, but it looks like they've gone. Isn't that right, gods? Ah, well, yes. Uh, hello, Flavia. Howdy. What a surprise. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, just, just, uh... Well, well sometimes when you're a god, you, you gotta inspect the butt pants hole. Right, right. You just gotta run! Smoking Hot Podcast. Colleen Ballinger. So I'm going to start this segment by saying the name of the person we're talking about because unless you frequent YouTube, you may not exactly know who I'm talking about. Colleen Ballinger had a character named Miranda Sings and that's exactly what she does. She, she would just go on, she'd act crazy, and, and usually Miranda would sing badly. Colleen Ballinger's actually a really good singer, but Miranda would sing badly or sing crazy songs or whatever. Anyway, that was her claim to fame. And she became very famous with it. And again, she seemed like that all-around good person. You know, she she held shows. All of her content was geared towards children. Uh, it was all, you know, super fun and super funny. And she, you know, she held, like, concerts and, like, kids would come out to go see her. She was kind of like a, a modern-day, like, Barney or Wiggles or Blue's Clues or anything like that, you know. Her entertainment was just good, clean fun, or so we thought. Uh, because all of her stuff was geared towards children. Apparently so was her personal life. That's right. Uh, it really came to light over the last few months. It's been going on for the last three or four years, but it's really gotten hardcore since June of this year. But we'll go down the timeline here. In April of 2020, a 17-year-old fan, YouTuber Adam McIntyre, accused her of enlisting his unpaid help for content he had suggested for her Miranda Singh social media accounts and of sending him lingerie when he was 13 years old. I want to say this again. She sent a 13-year-old lingerie. 
The following month, she posted a video to YouTube in which she said that McIntyre had asked for the lingerie after seeing it displayed in one of her live streams as one of several gifts for her fans. She also said it had been a mistaken judgment to send the underwear to him. Well, no titties. I mean, seriously. No kidding that it was inappropriate to do so. See, you broke the law right there. If you've ever seen To Catch a Predator or any of these Predator-related shows, if you do something, send something, bring something, it shows intent that you're trying to do something inappropriate with a child. And that's exactly what she was doing. She was doing something highly inappropriate with a child by sending her underwear to one. She noted that she often uses comedy ideas suggested by fans, but admitted that it had been a mistake to allow the young fan to post directly to her Twitter account for a day without carefully vetting the content that he posted. Ballinger also addressed criticism of some of her older videos satirizing Latina and overweight women, so she was also being discriminatory against people, agreeing that they were insensitive and apologized for posting them. Uh, Afterwards, McIntyre continued to post videos criticizing her, and then it got really heated in June of this year when Cody Tyler Dahl, another fan of hers, posted a video showing purported screenshots of a group chat that featured Ballinger participating with minors, including McIntyre, who was then about 15, where he asked for suggestions for an up-and-coming Q&A on his YouTube channel. The shot shows Ballinger suggesting, are you a virgin? And asking McIntyre his favorite sex position, 15 years old. Dahl's video led to renewed accusations by McIntyre and allegations by other former fans and employees, including of racial insensitivity on the set of Haters Back Off, which was a show she did on Netflix. Uh, if you've ever seen that. It was short-lived, but that, she, that was something else she did. Uh, she later posted a response video, which we all saw, and uh, of course on our Super Fuzz page, the Super Fuzz Productions page, we did our quote-unquote response to it. It was just a bunch of clips from like movies and TV shows. Whenever she would say something stupid, that clip would, you know, respond to that stupid statement. And the video is just hilarious. If you've never seen her video apology, it's cringeworthy as hell. I highly recommend it, just to go see it. Uh, just to see it in person because it is just ridiculous and that's why I felt we needed to do a video making fun of it because it was just so bad Uh, but anyway she admitted that she had made mistakes but denied being a groomer and called the accusations lies and gossip the toxic gossip train as she called it made it for clout the video received, of course, her video received negative comments and was parodied online we were one of the parodies I'm proud to say Uh, but yeah so I mean it's just it's, it's sickening and again unlike Lizzo, when it comes to the Tui family and Colleen Ballinger, we got the receipts, as they say. We got the receipts. We got the proof. The proof is in the pudding, and I told you last time how much I love pudding. And it's clear that she really did these things. And once again, she's doing the very, we talked about this with Lizzo, the not taking accountability thing, saying, oh, it's all accusations, it's lies, and well, if if you think there's a problem, then maybe you're the problem. Turning it around on people, gaslighting people, and it's just absolutely insane and it's just it's disgusting and it's ruining her career uh thankfully it did and and i think she needs to stay far away from children now somebody asked me do you think that she was as bad as edp 445 and my answer is no because edp wanted to actually meet up with a child for sex 
And he actually, you know, did the very To Catch a Predator thing and talked about sexual things with what he thought was a teenager. Uh, As it turns out, these were all sting operations, and that's why he got into the trouble he's in. Apparently, it's happened again. I I say this plural because it happened the one time and ruined his career, and apparently it happened again with one of my favorite YouTubers, Skeeter Jean. Shout out. Uh, And apparently there's a video coming out about that in the upcoming months, so I'm kind of excited about that. But yeah, it happened again to EDP. So... People like EDP don't learn their lesson. Uh, and and he was actually going after people. Now, when it comes to Colleen Ballinger, she was doing things that was highly inappropriate and then not taking accountability for it and blaming others for her actions. So while she's not as bad as EDP 445, she's not great. She's a scum person. She is She is trash because she lied about it. And then she pretends like nothing happened, and then she doesn't take accountability when the receipts get thrown in front of her. And that's the problem. And that's what makes her so two-faced. Again, this was somebody that was so, you know, perfect for, for children to watch. You know, Miranda Sings was a very, you know, childish thing. It was things that kids love to see. And she took advantage of that and did things that she thought... How does then? That's the thing. How do you think that that's okay? How do you think it's okay to talk to a teenager like that? How do you think? Why would you send lingerie to a kid? Why would you ask a kid if they're a virgin? Like it's just disgusting. It's just terrible, terrible stuff. And so it's pointed out that again, though she's not as bad as EDP four four five, she's a different type of predator. She is a groomer. She's someone that tries to like manipulate her way into the conversation about adult stuff, and then be like, "Oh, so you're a virgin? Would you like to see some lingerie?" And then kind of just go on with that. And then maybe as time goes on, maybe she would reach out to these people by the time they were like seventeen, eighteen years old. Again, seventeen is underage, but I mean, who knows what? I'm just trying to get into the mind of the predator here uh you know it, by the time they get to that age and then be like hey you want to hang out go for a drink or something you know it's it's stuff like that it's just gross i i kind of i don't know what's grosser edp is worse but i think colleen ballinger's gross she's a little bit more gross than him because she's doing she's doing the the long way she's doing the long haul stuff instead of just going right in she's playing the long game so that she can have something for the future and that's just disgusting so so that's colleen Ballinger, if you're not familiar with her. Uh, like I said, go watch her apology video. It's hilarious. And while you're at it, go watch our response to the Colleen Ballinger apology video. You can find that on the Super Fuzz Productions YouTube page. You won't be disappointed, I guarantee it. And that's what makes Colleen Ballinger so two-faced. Hello, this is President Barack Obama, and you're listening to Hot Toddy on the Smoking Hot Dotcast. And that was authentic. I promise. So I had to sit through high school football. So. Yeah, I know. This is this is a new thing for Sheila. She's she has to sit through high school football now because at Adrian, least two more times. Adrian plays in the band, which I I, I think is awesome. I, I really do. I think that's a great thing because I was a band geek. Uh, I was a band nerd. I was a music. Uh, what, what do I? What did I? I, I, I didn't call myself a band geek. I called myself a, a music... So, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, we hear mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Oh, what was it I called? A music snob. That's what I called myself. Mm. A music snob. I don't... Like the... I don't think that that division is is there anymore the way it was like when we were in high school. How so? Because like, it's cool to be in the band now. It's cool oh, to do that's something, right. anything. You're, you're not wrong because, yeah, when I was in high school, you know how many people we had in our band? Hmm. Seven people. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we were a, we were a small but mighty force. Uh, 
when we were in middle school, they start they they finally started a band program. They didn't start a band program in middle school until I got into middle school, and we had a huge band. But then our uh, band director was let go, and when that happened, the whole band just folded, and then it was just a handful of us. And so by the time we got to high school, it was literally just seven of us holding that holding the band together. Wow. But now, but now the band, like you said, the, yeah, there's, there's no. a in my old high school. There's a band now because there's like it's not huge, but it's it's a band now. Five people playing his instrument, yeah. in the marching band, yeah. And I mean that's just his instrument. There's like all in the, the other post COVID world, yeah, which is good. Like not not sharing the same instrument, like like yeah. What'd you ex- not is that what one- you thought, Pork? Well, you said five people playing his instrument. Yeah, was... like they're all they're all play- five people Dude, playing play, a mellophone play. in the band. Okay, okay. Dude, you couldn't piece that together. Okay, I just. Yeah, no, Come they on. pass it around. Come on. I just told you that. We Normally, had a new I mean, I blower. they cleaned it really Normally, good. your misunderstandings make me laugh, but that just made me sad. You couldn't figure that out. I <laughs> it was five what? other people playing the same instrument. Not his instrument. It, uh. it's, I mean, it's a pretty big... I mean, yeah, I... That's You've why been I was, sucking that's why in too sounded, many kitchen fumes. That's why it sounded alarming to me. I was like, yeah. wow, that sounds kind of bad i want to say there's like 50 kids in the band that's see that's good. incredible that's, that's great that's incredible i would have killed to have that number in our band um and then they also have their color guard we didn't even have a color guard which is it's weird but it takes skill to run them flags around man well yeah but it, it's just kind of weird because like so color guard it, it comes from like the military's ceremony of color guards. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the flags come from literally like there were flag holders, the American flag for the color guard in the military. And then they still throw rifles. Yeah, the fake rifle. The fake rifle. Yeah, that's well, what. So there's like, like little, the ROTC program. Piece of wood. About? No, no. These are like they throw. You know, Pork was homeschooled. We shouldn't make fun that's of him. That's true. He, that's he, why, he's homeschooled. He doesn't rifles. It's not I, real I, rifles. I, I know, but I'm just. When now. I heard rifles, even fake rifles, I thought ROTC programs. Well, okay, so no. All right, so now that's what they throw. It, like, so the color guard now is. What, like a pep squad is like, would be Probably. the. Yeah, they're yeah, kind of the cheerleaders, they're, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. they don't, they don't, it's not an American flag. They twirl, they twirl all their flags. They're like colorful right. flags. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, then they throw the plastic rifles, which mm-hmm. is, that's weird. Like, why? We had wooden ones. They were white, they were pieces of wood shaped as rifles and painted white. There's, in my. Smooth if, wood. There was no splinters. It was all safe. If, yeah, if it, if it is wood, it doesn't sound like it when it hits the ground. Mm. And then batons. So they, when it hits the ground, they drop them a lot, do a they? Lot. Oh, look, they're trying their best. They're they doing, are. They're they're out there doing it. I wouldn't do it. But like, my brother Lewis was in the color guard for the the ROTC, which mm-hmm. is what porcelain have, and they actually threw the like World War Two rifles. Literal wow. rifles, like like the loaded the, too. It was really the, exciting. The M14s or whatever. Yeah, that one, like the the pull bolt action yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, the bolt action. Yeah, one. and I mean they were throwing those at each other and in the air, and <laughs> I don't know. I wow. think <laughs> they're throwing them at each other. Yeah, yeah. like passing it. And so like like that, like that sounds more like a Thunderdome kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, no, and like thinking wow, of it wow. now, my brother Lewis was, had to have been a fearless human being. Well, I mean, because, I'm guessing they at least weren't loaded, right? Well, no. They, they didn't give them bullets. Yeah, so. And even, it, even the real ones. It was ones really weird. Is. They were throwing right at the band. Gave, they just gave them bayonets. They were throwing real rifles at each other while the band was all playing one instrument. <laughs> yeah, passing it around. 
I mean, I assume that's, that's what school in the nineties was like. That's how poor. That's how poor uh, thinks of marching bands. But I think the reason, like, because we were in Dodds, and so I think that given that it was military school, they were going to do the color guard in the absolute traditional way, mm-hmm. and so there was no play rifle. It was in. To this day, I don't know how we did that because I would be afraid. Just think how often these people drop this mm-hmm. or hit themselves or somebody else with their baton. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh at yeah, No, like the fact that he would have that stone cold, you know, face, which is what you'd expect from a military color guard, mm-hmm. and they would throw rifle, like literally lob them kind of at each other's heads and just catch them and just not at all flinch. Like, I would just be a scaredy cat. That's all I know. But now they're just, and they don't smile. That's so his, and I told them, I'm like, your color card looks like they are the least happy people on the planet. Like they look like they'd rather be well, anywhere else. You know, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that because, you know, I feel like they were probably forced to smile back in the day. So they're like, you know, just be nat, do be natural. I think that's better. That's nice. No, don't be mean muggy in the crowd. <laughs> they're just, I mean, there's out there Sheila's just like. Sheila's gone Karen. You're here to entertain me. Let's have, I want you to smile. Yes, that was. If that's what you're doing, you don't want a cheerleader out there being like, "We suck." <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what they're doing. I mean, you know, it, it's real. Suck. It's Yay. real though. It's real though. That's the thing. Like, no. I, stop faking it. Stop being phony. By the way, color guards, not to be confused with cola guard. Which is where you poop in a box and send it off to see if you have anything wrong with it. Well, you poop in a bag and put the bag in the box. Put the bag in the box, and then you send it off. It's completely different. And they uh, they see if there's something wrong with it. It's so weird you bring that up. My husband and I were talking about that the other day. He's like, how do they, like, I'm like, you poop in, like, it's like, you know, basically like a Ziploc bag taken off of your toilet seat. Yeah. And he's like, how do you know this? I'm like, I don't know, just things I know. It's like. (laughs) It's just random stuff. Yeah. And and then he's like, yeah, that's got to be the worst job to be like the poop opener. People go to school for that, though. Well, not not for that, but like doctors to examine your poop. Yeah, but like that, like when you like you're the poop opener. Like that's terrible because like you know every day you use like different consistencies and bags. You know, there's an intern that has to do that. Like you have to yeah. open it first, take the take that initial blast. Because even if there's like, I was like, well, maybe they have like a machine that has like a needle or. But yeah, but somebody's got to open the box and put the poop bag into the machine. Either way, it's like that's the worst job. Nobody, nobody deserves that. They really don't. Nobody does. Mm. You're listening to the most splendiferous, the most fantastic, the greatest podcast in the history of podcasts, the Smoking Hot Toddcast. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. And the final two-faced celebrity that we're going to talk about really is probably the least surprising out of all of these. Uh, just the, that, you know, she's been through a lot during her time and it just, and she's a bit of a diva. So it kind of makes sense that she might do something like this. Uh, it still was surprising. So that's why she's on this list, but it's the least surprising out of the group of talking about Ariana Grande. Now, if you might be thinking, well, what did Ariana Grande do? You know, you, you may be thinking, what's the big deal? She hasn't like hurt any. She hasn't reached out to uh, minors to do, uh, you know, disgusting things. She hasn't taken money away from people. She hasn't body shamed people. No, but she did, in fact, steal a dude from his family. 
That's right. The last personal life update that we got from Ariana was the fact that she got married in May of 2021 to a guy named Dalton Gomez, okay? Well, apparently, they just got divorced. Like, they just recently ended their relationship. I gotta be honest with you, since I've been out of radio, I haven't kept up with, like, musicians' lives very much, except for the ones that I enjoy, because that's just kind of how most people will live their lives. So I've been, I haven't been uh, very much updated on the life of Ariana Grande uh, here recently, but I did hear about this story that she had just gotten divorced, and she got into a relationship with a, a dude that works mostly on Broadway. His name is Ethan Slater. Uh, if you don't know who Ethan Slater is, apparently there was a, a musical version of SpongeBob on Broadway, and he played SpongeBob. Uh, nobody was in like like the the cost the character costumes, but they all dressed up like them and sounded like them and sang like them. And Ethan Slater played SpongeBob on Broadway, and apparently he and Ariana uh, worked together in the upcoming film adaptation of Wicked. And apparently it was it was love at first sight, and they fell head over heels and got together. And Ethan Slater ended his relationship with his I can't remember if it was a wife or girlfriend, but it was it was his lady and the child they had together. Ariana came out of nowhere and home wrecked a family and drug Ethan Slater away, and they got into a relationship. And the last thing I heard was that they were already broken up, and that Ethan Slater was just in, in just pieces, just crumbled to pieces, sad about what his life had turned into uh, when, you know, he made the choice to leave. Uh, you might be saying, well, why isn't Ethan Slater the one on this list? Well, I mean, it's Ariana. I, obviously, Ariana knew that Ethan was in a relationship and had a child, and yet she still went after him and was perfectly all right with him ending, you know, leaving his family for her. And then uh, reports came out that she broke his heart. She broke up with him and just left him, you know, for nothing. Well, I'm reading here online that apparently their relationship is, quote, much different than what has been portrayed and they are just trying to get it and they're apparently still together and quote just trying to navigate their new relationship in private so apparently there are things that we just don't know about this young hot couple uh and uh we have the whole thing wrong and they're still together and they love each other which is great except for how they got together. That's the whole point of this piece that I'm talking about is that Ariana Grande, who we've all been rooting for, who we've all loved for over, you know, over a decade now, both in television and in music, has become one of these two-faced celebrities that would just come out of the woodwork and ruin things. Now, granted, she did have some controversy in the past. There was the whole licking donuts thing, you know, whatever. Like, that was sick. So, again, that's why she's the least surprising of the four that I've done here, because she's had her controversies she's had her time you know and in she's in uh, constantly in the spotlight type of of artists so you know you, you you keep up with anything that someone like ariana grande does much like lizzo so you know it's the same situation we're gonna keep constant contact with her and, and keep up with what's going on but that's the thing it's like she came out of nowhere and ended this relationship. You know, she, she we, 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 we'd learned all about the sad relationships we had. She had with Mac Miller. We knew she was so sad when he died. She was with Pete Davidson, even got engaged to him. And then that broke. And then we, we felt bad for both of them, you know, cause they were just going through the, the, the whole thing. And then again, 
Ariana, people like Ariana Grande, Taylor Swift, you know, Miley Cyrus. These are people that we root for when it comes to relationship statuses because we want them to be happy. They deserve to be happy. Uh, Katy Perry was another great example of that. She was with, with the with the brand. What was his name? I can't remember. But <laughs> the English dude who's not really famous anymore. Uh, and then that folded, and she got with Orlando Bloom, and now they're happily married, got a kid. It's great. We we really are happy for them, you know. So that's what we wanted for people like ariana grande but it did not mean that she had to go and ruin another guy's relationship in order to do that and it just looks bad you know again this is all celebrity stuff if it happened in your in your hometown if it happened among amongst your group of friends it would be more controversial to you it would be more controversial to me obviously i just roll my eyes when i see stuff like this but it was a prime example of someone that we thought was such a nice person such a sweet innocent girl and she ends up being awful. You know, she ends up being an awful, terrible, no good person. Uh, and it's just, it's just bizarre. Now, I, I guess I am somewhat glad that the relationship is still going just for the simple fact that, you know, at least I, I guess it was worth it for them. I, I still think it's disgusting how they went about, but you know, if they're still together and if it really was true love, I didn't, who am I to say no, as long as he still goes and sees his kid and doesn't abandon him, him or her. I don't know if it's a boy or girl, but uh, you know, abandon them altogether. That's great, you know, as long as everyone is happy in the situation. Um, but I don't think that's how it went. I think there was a lot of uh, a lot of dark stuff behind the scenes there. And I'm not 100% sure. That the, like, I'm not 100% convinced that they are still together. I think maybe they're just trying to cover stuff up because this whole situation got such bad press. It was such a horrible thing. Maybe they're just trying to save face here, but I don't know. You know, what do I know? I, I, I'm just the, the podcaster commentating on this stuff, but that's why Ariana makes the list because it was just, ew. you just learned about this and it was like, Oh, that's such a, an un, a mean underhanded thing to do to someone just to uproot their relationship all of a sudden, just because you want to be with them and if and you know again even if it was started by the dude by slater she could still say no she should have said no she should have been like no you are in a committed relationship you are a horrible person for trying to end your relationship with your baby mama and possibly give up privileges to see your own child just to be with me like while that's flattering i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say no because that's not right but she didn't do that. And so now they're together or broken up or whatever. I don't give a fuck. My point is, is that this happened and it looks bad for all parties, but Ariana started the whole thing, wanted to get with the dude. So it's, it's weird. It's kind of gross. Um, but you know, it is what it is. You're, it is, you're going to do what you're going to do. Uh, but that is why Ariana Grande has made the list of such two-faced people. Hi, I'm Emily Fleming from Good Mythical Morning, and you're listening to Hot Toddy on the Spoken Hot Podcast. Well, I hope this episode taught us a thing or two about celebrities. It's not a big deal to be a fan of someone, but we should never hold them up to such a state that it borders on hero worship. Kind of like, oh, say, erecting a 40-foot statue of them? Oh, and speaking of which, let's see if Ollie and DA are any closer to getting Orison Wells and making their way out of ancient Rome, shall we? Hello, Mad God. Hello, I'm Orson Welles. I know. I'm so excited. Please make this out to Octavia, my biggest fan. 
Oh, thank you, Mad God. <laughs> the French. Okay, hot toddy, dig this. We're gonna grab Mr. Wells and get out of here. If we don't have to wait too much damn longer in this damn autograph line, holy shit! Who the hell are you, anyway? I'm Ollie, Mr. Wells. Ollie, we've been through this already. What follows is a terrifying journey into the world of magic, mystery, and goblin. Whatever, look, here's the thing. Visions are worth fighting for. Why spend your life making someone else's dreams? You know what? Give me that stone tablet. Ollie, dear Williams. Aha! Uh -huh. So they're not gods. This is a lot of shit, you know that. Gods! Seize them! Uh -huh.